Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The Suns now up 2-1 against the shorthanded Clippers to go around the NBA playoffs. We're, uh, let's go out to the KDUS hotline. We're now joined in the Sports Zone by Steve Ashburn or NBA.com. And Steve, always good to have you on the show. And let's start with the Suns. They have that 2-1 lead now against the Clippers. Last night, the Clippers without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Devin Booker has been sensational so far in this series. I'm assuming the NBA caught on to Booker's improvement and you know, really at both ends of the floor here lately, but I guess he's kind of showcasing himself at this point, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, he's been terrific. Um, you know, I, I think that he has uh, evolved as a player. Um, you know, he used to be a guy that, uh, you know, from, from at least my vantage point, uh, watching from afar, um, you know, and he was younger, of course, but it, but it seemed to be a lot of empty calories sometimes in, in his point total. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily relate to winning um, the way you, you expect to see with a, with a star player. And I think his game has evolved, and I, and I think that, um, obviously, um, when he, he does well, uh, the Suns do well as a team. So, I mean, that's what you're looking for. He's got, he's got a great position to be in right now. I mean, he's in a great position in terms of when you've got Kevin Durant there, with all the gravity that he creates uh, for uh, defensive game plans, um, you know, Booker hasn't, hasn't always had that, but now you add that to what, what he can do on, on his own. And, um, you know, that just facilitates a lot. I think, I think I saw where Booker even credited KD, you know, for, um, you know, being there and, and, and opening things up for him. So right. that's, that's formidable. And that's why people, you know, started immediately to look at Phoenix as uh, as a Western Conference favorite. So obviously uh, that's quite a to one-two punch, needless to say. The Clippers don't have their one-two punch. You know, Paul George is not expected to play in this series. Kawhi Leonard missed last night. There, were, I know there was speculation yesterday, some speculation at least, at least one report, indicated that uh, they didn't think that Leonard was going to be able to play twice. And, you know, this is a short turnaround with the uh, Saturday afternoon game. So let's assume the Leonard comes back and plays on Saturday. You know, what, what should be the approach that the Clippers have in that game with a healthy Leonard? Well, I mean, they basically have to do what they did um, in game one. They'll, they'll be at home, which is worth something. But, you know, Leonard, that's a long uh, way to come back. Uh, you know, from, from sitting out entirely to coming back and being the best player on the floor, because I think that's what he was um, the first two games. I mean, as well as Booker played, I still think mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard um, at both ends, when, when you look at the job he could do defensively on Durant, um, the defensive attention he drew from the Suns, you know, I, it reminds you why this guy is a, a coveted player and so highly um valued, except that when you try to watch that, you know, uh, great player during the regular season, this half a chance, he won't even be playing because he's low managing. Right. So, you know, no, it's, it's a lot to ask. I mean, you know, I think that the um, the Clippers are, I mean, they're mediocre. That, I, don't, I don't see them advancing anyway. And I think that this thing is sort of uh, uh, regressing to our expectations. Uh, rather quickly. Okay, so let's go to expectations. Warriors and Kings. This is fun. 
Um, hopefully, uh, unless people have money in this game or this series, they should be hoping, hoping for a seven-game series, and maybe the NBA expands this to a you know like a best of fifteen or something. Uh, but uh, to me, this has been the most fun first-round series. How about you? Yeah, I mean the the Draymond Green thing. You know, at first you thought, well, that's going to take away away a little bit of the uh, the pizzazz, um, you know, from Game Three. Except it really didn't. And um, no, I, I I when I previewed this series, I think I had Golden State winning in six, just because based on their road record, I couldn't imagine them winning in seven. But um, no, it, it's great, and I think the uh, you know the fear for Kings fans is that you know somehow that. The, the Warriors have, have flipped yet another switch. You know, we see teams when they don't have their, their, their star player, in the case of the Clippers, well, it's two guys, but particularly Leonard, um, they can't overcome it. But then we see other teams that, whether it's Milwaukee or Memphis the other night, or, mm-hmm. you know, now Golden State, now I'm not going to say Draymond Green is the equivalent of John Morant or uh, Giannis, but... Still, they, you take a blow like that, and the other guys rally around and overcome it, and, and you wonder whether that's something that continues. They, that they, they, you know, it's cliched, but they dig down, they find something, and and all of a sudden that that's uh, that's changing the series. So, um, yeah, I think that the Kings have their hands full. Now, if they can if they can win one game, they win this next game. Obviously, that changes everything. Otherwise, I think you're probably right. I think it's a seven game series and I got to favor the pedigree. Uh, the longer this goes, um, because they've been there before, they've done this sort of thing. And even though the Kings haven't been hurt really by their experience to this point, um, the more opportunities there are to be hurt by that, um, you know, the more we have to be mindful of it. You mentioned the Kings' inexperience to this point, but last night, to some extent, they looked like a young team that was playing on the playoff road for the first time. Allow those guys. Can they turn that around before uh, Game Four? Is it easier for them the second time in a road uh, road game uh, in the postseason? Well, I would I would assume so. Um, you know, but last night was the one to grab, right? I mean, just like the Lakers let the Grizzlies off the hook, um, you know, just because they won one of the two games in Memphis already, they really could have controlled that series. And I mean, for Sacramento to pounce on Draymond Green's absence and and not you know, be hurt um, and lose uh, in that situation. Um, you know, it just, it, to me, they had much more um, capability, particularly inside with size. I mean, Sabonis and, and Lynn, um, it should have been, you know, it should have been a way for them to dominate. And, and it, Steph Curry did Steph things. Um, yeah, I mean, sure, you win, you win that game, you're up 3-1 in the series, and... You know, now now the Warriors get to see, you know, what it takes to do what LeBron did to them um, way back when. So, um, I don't know. I enjoy watching the Kings, but do I know what sort of resolve they have and, and you know, where they're able to respond now to a much more Warriors-like effort? Um, that's why we watch. Yeah, I'm sort sort of the same boat with you. I enjoy watching them, but I'm not sure I completely believe in them yet. But uh, we'll see how this right. goes. S- Steve Ashburn of NBA.com calling in the sports zone. All right, Memphis and the Lakers. You know, Brooks against uh, LeBron here. Uh, 
should Brooks just shut up or what's your viewpoint on the give and take there? Well, if I'm a Memphis fan or I'm the Memphis coach, uh, you know, then I think, yeah, don't, you know, he did the opposite of what you want. Don't poke the bear. He likes to poke the bear. And um, yeah, I was standing right in front of him when he said that stuff in the locker room on Wednesday night. And I just I was shaking my head and, and just thinking, here he goes. I mean, you got to smile. That the guy knew exactly what he was doing. This was not any uh, emotional, um, you know, tirade or anything like that. Nothing, nothing in the heated moment. He knew what he was doing, and he's he's trying to get into LeBron's head. I think he understands that if 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 LeBron is facilitating his teammates' games, that's when he's most dangerous for the Lakers. He gets those other guys, whether it's Rui Hachimura or Austin Reeves, and certainly Anthony Davis. He gets those guys going. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, that's where he's, he's you know most effective. If you get LeBron focused on his own scoring, then maybe some of those other guys drop off. And, and to me, that's what Dylan Brooks was trying to do, you know, daring him to score 40, which means the ball's going to stay in LeBron's hands and, and not end up in open shooter's hands. Um, I think it's all calculated. I think there's also the element of, um, you know, making himself a, a brand name. And, you know, he, he sees what Draymond Green has done in this league and some other guys on occasion. And, and I think it's just a way for him to, to, to amp things up. I think it is interesting because obviously we're going to look for LeBron's reaction to this. And, um, you know, is he still capable at age 38 of, you know, smashing somebody the way Kobe and, and Michael would have done if they were challenged like this? So it was nice of you to lend uh, Brooks your sunglasses, too. That was very nice. That was a good deal by you. <laughs> I was envious. <laughs> I meant to ask him afterwards, where can I get a pair of those? <laughs> that was very nice. Okay, so do we, what do we think LeBron will be? Do you think he'll you know, be more aggressive and go to the rim? And he hasn't shot many free throws in this series. Yeah, you know what I would expect from LeBron? I don't think he's going to totally change his game just because Dylan Brooks has goaded him. I do think that Dylan Brooks is going to spend a lot of time on the bench in foul trouble again. I mean, I could see that happening. I mean, I, I could see it Wednesday night that LeBron started calling for the ball. Once Brooks got his fourth foul, I mean, LeBron went at him hard. Uh, LeBron went at him hard trying to, um, you know, get him into that fifth and sixth mm-hmm. foul. So I think that's the – rather than being shown up by LeBron by getting dunked on or anything like that, I mean, I think that's the danger for Brooks is that, you know, he's drawing awareness now, not for just from LeBron and his teammates, but – you know, the referees are going to be extra vigilant that things don't get out of hand. And who's going to win in that confrontation? You know, more than likely it's the, the veteran superstar versus the brash younger player. And I think, I think um, you know, Brooke, they can't afford, Memphis cannot afford, particularly on the road, to thin their herd anymore. I mean, no Steven Adams, uh, no Brandon Clark. John Morant, you know, if he plays, he won't be 100% with his right hand which is kind of like a quarterback shoulder. If you're a point guard, you need your, your, your right hand. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Dylan Brooks needs to be on the floor, and he, he needs to do what Jaron Jackson has done and, and avoid foul trouble, even though that's kind of his nature to, uh, to pick up fouls. All right, let's keep it in the West here. Round it out with the Nuggets and the Wolves. The Nuggets with the two easy wins so far. Do the Wolves respond in game three? Uh, you know, they're, they're comfortable playing at home. 
and they made that game close uh, the other night. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in, in the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I think they've got issues internally. I don't think they have answers externally. If they had Jalen McDaniels, you know, if, if McDaniels hadn't punched a wall and taken himself out for whatever is left of their season, um, if Nas Reed were, were available, you know, then maybe. But I, I don't I don't trust Timberwolves. I don't expect them to get swept. Probably tonight is as good a chance to win. It's much harder to win, I think, when you're down 3-0. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Minnesota sort of rallies and gives it, throws its crowd a bone. But, um, you know, I think it's just a matter of time. A gentleman's sweep uh, in that series. Talking NBA playoffs with Steve Ashburner from NBA.com. All right, let's switch this to the East. The Bucks and the Heat. Uh, the Bucks uh, without Giannis uh, in Game Two win by a hundred. Uh, you know they showed Pat Riley in the crowd. I don't know if I've ever seen Pat Riley. You could just—he has an angry face anyway. But uh, you know, I don't think I've ever seen the Heat. The Heat team just kind of—you know—talking about mailing it in. My God, that was horrible in Game Two. Well, you know, if you if you take the, the macro approach to how teams approach playoffs, you know, you go on the road and you split, you've done your job. Um, you know, it shouldn't be enough. And, you know, probably Miami was whipping some wounds over the, the Tyler Hero loss. Um, I think that's going to be tough for them to overcome. Um, mm-hmm. The one the one thing they do have going in their favor is that the Bucks are going to be, you know, within striking distance of South Beach for multiple days. Um, and that, you know, that Miami effect, uh, has been noted many times in NBA circles that it's a tough it's a tough place to go on the road and, and play well because you know your nighttime activities can interfere. But you know Riley has you know Riley's part of this that that roster construction on the Heat is not great. There, there are obvious things they lack. Um, not a very athletic team, and um, you know it, it 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 would be a major upset for them at this stage to uh, oust. Milwaukee from the first round. So um, uh, my biggest concern with the Milwaukee Bucks uh, when they got Miami rather than Chicago was the extra travel, what getting locked into a, a multiple game series against, you know, what I feel is probably the best coach in the league in Eric Spolstra, um, you know, and, and, a, and a team that, you know, they, they almost feel like they have to play physical because of that lack, lack of athletic ability and because, that's what Pat Riley wants. He, you know, he wants uh, toughness and contact, and they track every charge. And, and of course, it was a charge that, that got Giannis when Kevin Love uh, stepped on yeah. him. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a dangerous uh, series for the number one seed. Um, Miami's a better number eight seed than you expect. And after all, they were the number seven until that little flipperoo with Atlanta in the uh, play-in. And uh, I don't think the Bucks got much of a reward for finishing with the, the league's best record. Cavs and the Knicks, uh, kind of the uh, Eastern Conference equivalent for intrigue, uh, the equivalent of uh, the uh, the Warriors and the Kings. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not real sure what's going to happen in this Cavs-Knicks series. What do you think? No, I mean, neither. I picked Cleveland in um, seven just because I thought that, um, you know, they're a little more cohesive. They've got a, a two-prong attack in the backcourt. I mean, Darius Garland. You know, really, you know, he lit it up in game two, made up for a, a disappointing game one. And I think Donovan Mitchell saw that, you know, other guys need to flourish, not just him, when uh, when they're going to be playing at their best. I think Evan Mobley is, is kind of a silent killer. 
Um, he can rise up and hurt, hurt you know, the Knicks in, in a couple of different ways. Uh, the Knicks went awfully hot. Julius Randle, you know, you don't, you never quite know um, what you're going to get. I enjoy watching Julius Randle play. I think it's a lot of fun. I give him a lot of credit. I voted for him for one of the All NBA teams, but um, he can hurt you uh, some games almost as much as he uh, he helps you. So, um, but I, I do think it's going to go, you know, the distance, and um, you know, we'll see. It's. Uh, it's, uh, you're right. It, it does offer, you know, some of the same intrigue and, and evenness of, uh, of that Kings-Warriors series. All right, Sixers and Nets. Should Embiid have been ejected last night? Well, only, you know, because of the most so recent precedent, yes. Um, you know, if, if the league is concerned about, you know, uh, foot action, stomping, and factored in Draymond's kicks in the past when you turn around and a day or so later have somebody kick like that in the in the you know uh somebody's groin area then yeah i mean he should have been that that i i think he may have been suspended because he wasn't ejected now you know mm-hmm. indeed has a has a fairly checkered past when it comes to flagrants and technicals it's not as well known as uh Draymond's because indeed usually will you know sort of Insincerely, you know, talk about it and downplay it, and whereas as Draymond seems almost to boast about um, his bad boy behavior. But um, yeah, I think he should have. But they, they, they threw out Harden instead, and then he almost should have flipped those two results, and yeah. you'd have a better sense of fairness, I think, on that uh, in that game. But I think oh, I think totally he agree. might get suspended just because of Draymond, you know, getting it. That's true. Okay, so the Hawks were kind of they were feisty at home a couple of years ago in the playoffs. Uh, you know, they obviously uh, have been outplayed almost every minute of this year. Well, except when they're down like thirty, they're not outplayed. But do the do the Hawks? You know, have are they feisty at home this time around against the Celtics? I think this is a sweep. I, I think it's a bad mass, uh, mismatch. Um, they were the AC. They should have been the AC. They won that game and they got Boston. Which they they probably um, would reconsider if they could. I you know I've liked Boston since uh, the season began. I just I'm I'm a big believer in finals runner-up teams, uh, just as I was last year with with the Suns. Um, and they went out and they had a great regular season, and then they hit the wall in the playoffs against us. But I just think that that um, experience, the the tantalizing nature of getting so close only to fall short, I think that's a great motivation. Um, and I think Boston, you know, could almost taste it last spring, last June. And I expect that um, they'll be the team that comes out of the East. And I think they're not going to mess around. They're not going to play with their food. And, you know, the Hawks right now are, are, are really just that for uh, in the series. Steve, always good, uh, always good talking to you. I really enjoy it. Thanks. You got it. Yep, you're welcome. Steve Ashburner, NBA.com, excellent stuff there.